Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Becky Brown. I'm one of the associate pastors here at First United Methodist Church in Waynesville, North Carolina. You're about to listen to the sermon from worship this week. You can also watch this service online through our YouTube channel. You can just search FUMC Waynesville on YouTube or join us in person at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. every Sunday. Thanks for listening, and we hope this sermon challenges, inspires, and invigorates your faith. May God bless you. Well, those lights are really something. (laughs) Okay. So the title for the talk today is, Who Are You, O God, and Who Am I? And this has been a question that humankind has asked from the beginning, from the beginning of time, and will probably ask until the end of time. God is a mystery, and really, so are we, to ourselves even. But there are clues about God everywhere. God is what we see in the natural world. We're surrounded by wonder. The wind in the trees, the stars in the sky, the flowers, down to the tiniest detail, even the rocks are beautiful. We live in Haywood County, which is a beautiful place. So we're surrounded by it, and we are blessed. God the Creator took interest in the smallest detail. It is obvious that God cares about us, the plants, the animals, everything. It's all here for us to enjoy. What we can observe in the world tells us a lot about who God is. But how do we fit into all this? A creative force brought us into existence. So it's logical that God would communicate with us, give us direction, help us make sense of it all. There are multiple messages in the Bible about our relationship with God, what it could be and what it should be. In Matthew, there's a passage that's very familiar to all of us. Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is not about getting things or getting our way. It is about being shown how to live a good life. Eleanor Roosevelt said, we all create the person we become by our choices as we go through life. In a real sense, by the time we are adults, we are the sum total of the choices we have made. This this passage in Matthew tells us, if we seek and listen, God will help us, guide us through those choices. We are created for a purpose. The Spirit of God is instilled within us, within everyone, and it allows for communication if we want to communicate. God knows the big picture, we don't. If we don't seek God's counsel, if we don't ask, we won't know what God has in mind for our life. I am certain that God speaks to everyone, but do we hear it? Do we brush it off as coincidence? For me, if I think I'm hearing a message from God, 
it has to meet three criteria. One, that it fits my circumstance. Two, that it fits scripture. And three, I sense that it is not my thought. And I sense that with all my being. I know it is not my thought. God's message might interrupt our life and we might not want to hear it. Because it is what I know, I wanted to share some of my experiences today that I've had with messages from God and how it's impacted my life. I've had several messages over the years. Some were clear, some were not so clear. Some had clearly good outcomes. Some I questioned the outcome when weighed against the effort. But I never questioned that it was a message from God. I don't believe that God has communicated with me. I know it. One of my earliest messages was the word obedience. Now, I know that word was not my thought. <laughs> I was walking around the lake, and out of nowhere, that came into my head, the word obedience. And I didn't know what it meant. So I went to my mother's, and she was a great spiritual force, my mother. And I spoke to her about this. And she said, well, obedience to who? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. It was just that word. I am a very ordinary person. But because of this message, obedience, I have accomplished much more in my life than I otherwise would have. My life has been extraordinary. So this passage in the Bible, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This has been my experience. If God is speaking to you and the message is clear, it is a tremendous advantage in accomplishing whatever the message is because you can go forward and not be afraid. It gives you the freedom, it gives you confidence that it will be all right despite obstacles. You have a certainty that God will provide. Doors open, people come forward to help, and resources appear. It seems miraculous, and I guess it is. It's God's work getting done. This is who we are to God, his creation that he can work with to get things done. I've had two clear directives from God in my life, and they both involve my pets. The first time, I didn't listen, and my cat died. The second time, my dogs, we had four dogs, they always ran off, and we live, you know, we live up on this mountain, and there's a wilderness all around. They run off, we have no idea where they are. And they come back after several days. But this time, the three older dogs came back, but the younger dog did not. And I thought, well, he'll be back in an hour or so. But 24 hours passed, and he still did not come back. And I thought, poor Bruno, where is he? I'm so worried about him. Is he hurt? Is he afraid? And this message came into my head. Go into the field and call him. And then the message was repeated. Go into the field and call him. 
So after what happened to the cat, I went into the field and I called him. And he instantly responded howling. Man, that blew my mind. That was otherworldly. Um, to be told something like that and to have an immediate response. And it taught me that God cares for animals as much as he cares for us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and mind and your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself, that's a toughie. Um, I was working at the Good Samaritan Clinic and I was in the county jail. And that was a real eye-opening experience. The inmates there, they were not bad people. They were people that were on drugs, that had mental illness, they were homeless, they were hopeless. So while they were in the jail, they would get off the drugs and then they would get out. And before I knew it, they'd be back again. And I said to them, what's going on? Why are you back here? And they said, well, you know, I had nowhere to go, so I went to my friends and they were all using and I started using again and here I am. So I got the message that I should do something about this. I was to help these neighbors with housing. I did not want to do this. I resisted. I was busy and I did not want to do it. But the message was persistent and unmistakable and definitely not my thought. <laughs> and at the time, I was working with John Atkins in um, prison ministry. So I told him about it and he said, well, I've been getting the same message. Well, that was it, you know, we had to do something. So we founded Haywood Restoration House. It was controversial. There was opposition in the community. There were lots of obstacles and it was not fun. But we obeyed. Was it worth all the stress? Was there a good outcome? A good outcome for who? I don't know about John, but for me and my family, it was really hard. But that's not the point. God calls us to help our neighbor, to step out in faith. And when you step out in faith and you're doing God's will, it ripples out. People came forward to help. Many people were involved in that project. There were the participants, there were volunteers, there were donors. How did Haywood Restoration House impact their lives and their faith? Well, you don't really know what the big picture is. God knows. If we do not act on what God directs, it will not get done. We will miss an opportunity to become all that God had in mind for us to be as an individual and as a society. Well, time goes on, life changes. Now I'm in Ecuador with my husband. We would go down to visit our family in Ecuador and my kids saw the disparity between their lives in the States and the lives of these kids in the village. The biggest, one of the biggest discrepancies was education. So they decided that they were gonna start a nonprofit. Read. This was not my plan. Um, I had had enough with nonprofits, I was done. But circumstances change, and now I am the director of Read. And through Read, we have three educational resource centers in rural Ecuador. We provide internet, classes, groups, work study, a work study program for middle and high school students so they can save money for when they get out of high school. 
And one day I was talking to God about Reed. I guess I was kind of whiny, complaining, you know. And um, what should I do? Are we really having an impact? And this message came into my head. Individuals. That was it. Individuals. I heard it, but didn't really know what to do with it. About a year after that, at a Reed board meeting, one of our board members said, we should do child sponsorship. And just a light went off in my head, that's what individuals means. And we, we started it. This was last September. Child sponsorship is for families in extreme poverty, and they live on less than $3 a day. Okay, so like maybe five kids in the family on $3 a day. We were visiting one of these families when the group came down from the States recently, and I asked the woman, can I look in your cabinet at, you know, what you have to eat? And she said, yeah. So I opened the cabinet, and there were three baggies, like small baggies. One was rice, one was barley flour, and one was oatmeal, and that was it. And I just don't know how they survive, and I don't know how the kids manage to grow. When they come into our program, they're evaluated in reading, writing, and math, and computer skills. Almost everybody has great trouble reading and to do simple math, you know, adding, subtracting, multiplying, even if they're in eighth grade. So tutoring is obligatory if you cannot pass the test. And computer class is obligatory. And we say it's obligatory because we want these kids to move forward, and they're not going to move forward if they can't read. So the message to us was individuals. And one of those stories is of the individual is Jairo, who is, I've known him since he was in elementary school, and single-parent family, and his mother um, has lost a finger on one hand. It makes it hard for her to day labor he wanted to go to high school, and we put him in the work-study program so he could pay for his expenses, because they live a half an hour in, and you have to pay for transportation to get out to the school, and if you go five days a week, that's 40 bucks a month for one kid. And so he opted to go to the alternative high school for one day a week. So he went, and work-study paid for his expenses, and the pandemic came and classes went virtual. So he went to the city to work and continued his classes online, and he sent money to his mother, and he also saved money for his education once he finished high school. He graduated from high school. His older brother suffered from depression and drank insecticide and was hospitalized and Hiro spent all his money on his brother's hospitalization, and his brother subsequently died. So here he was, his brother died, he had no money, and he came to us and he said, I really want to go to school. So he had a little bit of money left in his work-study account, so we sent him to, because he only went to high school one day a week, we sent him to a college, uh, like an SAT prep course in the city. He went and he did that, and he took the test last week to see how he scores. In Ecuador, according to how you score, that dictates what you can study. He wants to study accounting, so he's waiting for the results. Another one is Lizbeth. She was out of high school for seven years, comes from a family of 10, no resources. Some of her siblings didn't even get to go to high school. 
We gave her work tutoring in the library. She used the money to go to a CNA course. She graduated. And then she took the initiative. She went to Quito. And she enrolled in a cert uh, certificate program to become a nurse because that is her life's dream, to become a nurse. Neither of these two had resources to move forward with their education. And we had no funding for them at the time. But we told them, go, do it, because we figured God would provide. And in short order, both have received funding through sponsors. So this is how it works. We also have kids in middle school that we help, and these are two messages from them. One said, I want to thank Reed and my sponsors for all the help I receive. Thanks to these new opportunities, a lot of us have overcome the sadness we felt. I want to tell you that I have learned how to read from the library staff, and now I can read in front of others and in catechism and at church on Sunday. And another one said, at school, I can go to the front of the class and read from my classmates without fear. My sister and brother are also benefiting from services at the library. We are happy to know that there are people who will help us to learn so that we are no longer afraid and are proud that we can read and work on the computer. With this tremendous help, you are giving us stronger hearts and hope that we can become someone in this life if we dedicate ourselves and work. This is the work of our staff in Ecuador. They're all from the community, they're very compassionate, and they have showed these children God's love so they have the confidence to come and get help. I supervise. We are all created by God. Each of us has a story waiting to be told. First Methodist has always supported Reed. This is your work as much as ours. You are helping these kids along their journey, giving them the resources they need to fulfill their dreams. It is God's work which we are participants in. We don't know, we don't know what to do unless we communicate. And if we ask, if we seek, God answers. And we can achieve so much more in this life than we would otherwise. For it all comes down to obedience. Life is so much more fun, exciting, and fulfilling through obeying, and we come closer to being what we were created to be. Thanks be to God. <laughs>